Did you know Echoplex has a 24-hour stream? That's right. Check out our 24-7 music stream at echoplexmedia.com live or at eplex.xyz. Our huge self-submitted local music library plays the best tunes the Bay Area has to offer, ad and commercial free, well, except for ours, and even by request. Check out the player on echoplexmedia.com or at eplex.xyz. Bookmark it and enjoy it all day. Echoplex is very supportive of our local music scene, and we hope you enjoy the soundtrack they've so graciously sent in for us to play on our network. If you like who you hear, please go check them out. The names of the artists are displayed on the player at echoplexmedia.com and at eplex.xyz. Tonight it's you, it's me, and it's 
It's the whole damn internet, or anybody that chooses to listen. What's up? My name is Chip DeVille. This is Local Love. You are here with us at echoplexmedia.com. Uh, thank you for tuning in live on Twitch. And if you're listening to the podcast, bless your soul. Now go and share that shit. Um, I am here tonight with our guest, Seal Party. But first, that song that we just heard was 150 People by First in Flight, a local band who is actually going to be having their farewell show this month at Art Boutique. Uh, they had a hell of a run. We're proud to say that we gave them their first interview, and then eventually they got pretty cool. A little too cool for us, but still, it's going to be a good show. They always put on a great show. They've got great stage presence. But tonight, as mentioned before, I have Kevin and Chris from Seal Party, a local band from out in the Bay Area. You guys are from San Francisco, correct? Yeah, San Francisco. San Francisco. I'm East Bay, so nice. we we meet in like Yerba Buena Island or something like that. Right on. Between yeah. us, between us all, we make a triangle. That's right. Thanks. Yeah. So, yeah. Thanks for having us, Chip. Definitely, man. I'm so glad you guys could make the journey out, uh, and also thank you for sending in your music. Uh, you for it. those of you that are maybe new to the show, uh, all the music that you hear on this show uh, is is submitted by the artists themselves. Uh, it not only is a great way. For for us to network with artists it's also how we don't get sued for playing their music on our podcast or on our live streams so it's a uh, it's good for covering our ass and for <laughs> introducing you guys all to new music always important yeah mm -hmm. uh, we also have a 24-hour stream of music of all the music in our library or most of it uh and you can tune into that by going to echoplexmedia.com slash radio or eplex.xyz um but great way to find some new bands, find some bands that you maybe didn't even know existed, and you can do a little bit deeper digging. But yes, tonight, Seal Party. Kevin, Chris, how you guys doing tonight? Doing well. I'm great. Doing well. It's a pleasure to be here. Excellent. Yeah. How'd you guys hear about this show? Mastodon. Oh, no shit. Yeah, I found you on Mastodon. I, I had just sort of uh, been swimming away from, from the, the waters of Twitter, and you're one of the, the first things I found on Mastodon was Echoplex Media. That's all producer Dave right there. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Well done, producer that's Dave. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, that's awesome, man. So, and then you guys are both have pretty extensive backgrounds in the in the music scene, from what I've been. We've been we've been at this a long time yeah. in a variety of configurations and with a lot of different people. So, yeah, we've played on other people's records, produced other people's records. Mm -hmm. Chris is much more of a studio animal than I am. Okay. He's a producer, engineer, session drummer. I do my share, but but. But he really lives and breathes studio. Well, work. then drummers, I feel like, are all kind of renegades to some degree. You know, like they absolutely they they, they go where they're needed. You know, like, yeah, mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. And, and in this case, I, I I figured out that if I just get a really great setup in an awesome room, then the music will come to me. I can do it at home, or not not at home, but my home studio. That's right? great. So, right. That's pretty so, awesome. Yeah. So it's a it's nice to uh. I get to work at one of the best studios ever built, I think. It's yeah. pretty great. It's at High Street Studios up in yeah. Studio oh, C. Yeah. I've heard of that place before from yeah, farther. And, uh, so I'm pretty blessed to be part of that place and get a chance to make records there, which is what I've always wanted to do. So That's great. Yeah. Well, uh so now Seal Party is a bit of a newer project, correct? It is. It is. We just put out our first record. Uh -huh. So it's um Chris and me and whichever people managed to make it to the party that day okay really so 
Um, different songs have different players on it. Some of the people are Bay Area. Some of them are Chicago, New York, depending I, on who's coming through town. I had noticed that, actually. I was doing a bit of homework uh, on you guys, like checking out the band camp and everything like that. And I noticed a few different tracks would have different singers and mm-hmm. almost a whole different vibe or sound, you know? Uh, yeah. There wasn't any one genre I guess I could stick some of them to. It would be like, you know, I'd hear kind of a more rocky song and hear a little bit more of like a, you know, chill, mellow song. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It was really cool. You guys got a very wide range of what you do. I like that. We Thank all, you. We've always Thanks. kind of uh, liked to write that way. You know, even when, we, when we've worked in previous bands, we're kind of let the song dictate the style, not the other way around. That's mm-hmm. cool. So that way, you know, yeah. you know, we all learned a bunch of songs coming up. We have all these different styles under our belt from playing in the studio stuff. And don't let Kevin fool you. He's a masterful studio musician and I wouldn't be able to make my records without him. Really? <laughs> ah. Ah. He brings, he brings a deep, deep knowledge and really great attitude. So, um, you know, we, we kind of just got a versatile, we just expanded our tastes, I guess, by doing all these different kinds of music and, and it gets infused into what we're writing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'm glad that Chris was open to having different songs feature different singers and different guests that way. Cause I, I think for both of us, a lot of our favorite albums are super eclectic Yeah, and we wanted to make something that had the flavors of all these different people. So, you know, we had Renee Padgett come in and sing lead. We had Zanubis come in and rap over an entire song. That just it just made much more sense for that to be a hip hop track rather than huh. you know just a rock track. That's cool. Um, and thankfully, you know, we have these incredibly talented friends who are open for coming over and just adding to it and jumping into the fray. And yeah, sometimes you know, I work at the Black Cat um, Jazz Club as a sound engineer, and some of the and it's a block from the studio. Oh, nice. So quite often, people be coming through on tour, and I bring them over to the studio, and we do a little trade. I'd record something for them and give them studio time if they put something on our record and and you know generally you know they're they liked the the chords because Kevin puts him together some nice chord voicings hmm. so these guys were you know titillated enough <laughs> to want to do stuff and uh, so we got we got a lot of really great you know members to the community and we see it as like an ever evolving cast of characters we can call upon and when we're on tour we're going to be bringing them up a special guests when we go through their town and stuff so it's going to mm-hmm. give us a but we still have a core group that you know is kind of anchoring things while we play live but in the studio it's nice to be able to just let the you know let the pursuit of flavor guide your choices a little bit you know well, if you guys could maybe pick a song, a first song we could introduce the audience to, uh, what would what, of the ones that you've sent us in, what would you uh, what would you want us to play first? How about we start with Maison? Maison, that's great. I was actually watching that music video earlier today. We'll talk about that after this. Stay tuned. Local love. We're here with Seal Party. Join the chat. Ask questions. Have some fun. It's Tuesday night. What else are you gonna do? <laughs> Strong. 
that, what you just heard was Maison by our in-studio guest tonight, Seal Party. If you're just tuning in, uh, we've got Kevin and Chris from Seal Party. Uh, so that was an awesome song. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks, Chip. I uh, I actually I was I had checked out the the music video for that song. It was very very bright and colorful. Had a kind of cool, chill, like happy vibe to it. Uh, Good. Tell us about that song. Yeah. So that one came about during the pandemic. I mean, the whole album came about during the pandemic. But uh, the lyric came about. We had all the music recorded. We had the horns. We had the whole layout right and we knew the vocal melody but we didn't have the lyrics yet uh and what came about was um some advice that i was giving to my son because my son was having a really tough time as everybody was but you pandemic know, was hard on kids man. pandemic was really hard on kids and he was in fourth grade at the time and he was coming to a lot of our sessions so he would hang out while we were recording he would just be in the little vocal isolation booth with his laptop on zoom doing his classes from remote and stuff like that oh, but wow. You know, he missed his friends and he missed recess and, and all that stuff. And he was having a really hard time and he was getting really down on himself. And one of the things that came up is, you know, if you have these repetitive thought patterns where you're thinking really bad things about how like, oh, nobody likes me or whatever that is, you're sort of digging these grooves into your brain, you know, like you're, you're wearing the footpaths into a path that becomes an actual walking path. And you don't want to like repeat those negative thought patterns and, uh, and that kind of led into this bigger chorus of, you know, how you're looking at the world around you. You know, uh, if you're on your way home and you see the lights on the interstate, are those blinding lights that are antagonistic or are they leading you to your front door? You know, are they helping you out? Yeah, it's um, kind of like a, you do have a control over very little in this world, right. but you can't control what you think about. And what you choose to dwell on, you know, to some extent, to some extent, Hopefully you can. Yeah, I mean, you know, we'd like to think we're better at it than we are, but, um, mm -hmm. it's nice to be reminded by, you know, and to me, you know, the feeling of being at home is kind of like, I associate that with sort of letting those things go and, you know, you're, mm -hmm. you're kind of have a safe space not to be in those modes. You right. Know? Right. So, and it was just, yeah, it was kind of, that's why we also set up the, the tempo of the song, the way we did, we kind of wanted it to remind you to relax. Yeah, it definitely puts out that that relaxed uh, that relaxed vibe. I like that a lot. Yeah, and I would say Liam Wesley Craddock had something to do with that tempo idea too. So he plays percussion on this, and yeah, we had a, like a back and forth where we were like, you know, we started the pulse of the song, and it's in straight time into the tempo that you can count, and then. Uh, I was like, I'm going to play that in halftime. And then he was like, I'm going to play half a halftime. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so it set up this really cool thing where you could kind of groove on it uh, three different time pulses, you know, mm -hmm. three mm -hmm. different pulses. Yeah. Which made it really fun to sing to and really fun to write vocal lines to. Well, so being, because uh, I mean, that sounded very well produced and it sounded like you had a whole ass band in there. Uh, being a two person band, what is your guys' process for your production? like process it overall. varies from song to song mm -hmm. so a lot of times it'll start with either just a drum beat or just a set of piano chords that are done to a click track uh and then we'll start layering from there so at no point on this album did we ever have a full room of people it was always well sometimes we had like 
three or four at once. Sometimes we have three them. or four. Yeah. We never had, say, ten. You no. know, I think there may be ten people on this track. Yeah, and, and that was one the of the challenges I, I try to take on as producers. Like, how do you make a record made with this w- sort of process mm-hmm. and with all these people, many of whom have never met, feel like an ensemble? Mm-hmm. And the way we did that was, I guess, we... We didn't like set up your typical, okay, we're going to go through some chord changes and you just blow and take a big solo. We kind of had themes in mind, uh, what I would call musical signposts that enabled us to not tell anybody what to play really ever, mm-hmm. but get, um, we brought in really great musicians. So I got to say that. Mm-hmm. So they kind of knew what to do based on the information we gave them. They okay. look at the chart, they hear what's there in the music. And we kind of set it up in such a way that it it guided them toward an ensemble feel. Um, but and we knew what they sounded like. Yeah. So it would be, you know, this person, oh, you're going to sound great on this tune, you know? Because it's 16 tracks. There's a lot going on, so. But we, um, yeah, we ended up, um, sometimes it was Kevin and I playing together and we would purposefully track the drums and piano at the same time mm-hmm. so that we were not able to do any editing on those. And then we'd just layer. So we, we were trying to preserve a interaction vibe whenever possible even you know even if it was just a couple of us and then we just sort of made, made sure to carefully uh choose who to call in yeah and, and you know we were having to watch it because we're paying all those people so we have to be you know we didn't want to i don't think we had too many that we didn't end up using you don't got time to just mess around you got you we're know not there steely dan here we don't know? have yeah. the budget to just hire six <laughs> soloists on a song you know? yeah yeah <laughs> right, right. all right guys we're just gonna spend the week and see what happens <laughs> Fuck exactly it. exactly yeah. it's got 10 different people playing this solo section yeah. we'll, we'll stitch we'll it together it. we'll yeah, it together. right 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 uh, no yeah. but um but we didn't have to even do that most of the time it was just like we would get better results than what we would have asked for mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. which is yeah that that's how you know you're doing a good job of producing a, a record in my mind you know so in the event of a live show when you guys take this into a live show uh do you usually have other musicians that are just kind of like your backup homies that hey what's up can, we're going to do a show can you come rock with us or how does that usually work every show but one okay we've had other players with us we did one show as a, as a duo. duo yeah we did pacifica one. uh but every other show it's been uh for the most part the same core people yeah liam liam uh, the assistant producer on the record he uh, works with me at the studio he played bass on a lot of the songs on the record okay um and percussion on a lot of songs and just basically helped help me keep things straight mm-hmm. <laughs> you know as we were managing all this and uh he uh he's usually down for the cause yes absolutely and so he'll be there playing percussion bass or guitar He's like a utility infielder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was uh, on bass for our first couple shows, and then he's been on percussion ever since. Okay. And and yeah. on bass, currently, we've got um, my buddy Spence Murray, who I played with in Pamela Parker's band for the last six years. Yeah, Spence and, is brilliant. And he's a great bass player. And he yeah. and I, because we've you know done a ton of shows over the last, you know, these last years, we're really good together and improvise well together. So... Uh, he got excited when he heard the music. He didn't. He didn't end. He did not play on any of the songs on the record, but uh, really dug it and asked me if he could be. You know, he wants to be in it. You know, so you yeah. know he's kind of like 
jumped on board the the party train it's always good to have like supportive people in your corner like that where like, yeah you know i yeah. might not yeah. be like a full-on member of the band but i'm down to help out where i can Fuck yeah them. i mean yeah. you know we we bro. kind of structured it this time in the way that like the full-on members are kevin and i because it's clean and we don't want to necessarily i mean you get a four-way leadership plan and it it sometimes is really difficult to get anything done like, you know, with two of us, it's really easy to make decisions and to just move on things and, mm-hmm. you know, take risks. You know, everybody's risk averse to a different degree. And, you know, when we were in Griddle, it was, it was sometimes tricky to get an idea through committee. How many, how many band members were in Griddle? Both of us. Okay. okay. Yeah. yeah. And then a third member of Griddle co-wrote a song on this record and he sings the bridge and he wrote the bridge melody and lyrics and all that and that's a song turpentine yeah okay. we're so still close with the griddle boys yeah but, we're all still friends but we we them. that band just kind of ran its course after about 12 years okay wow mm-hmm. that's a that's a hell of a feat to go longer than a decade with any band really y- you know so, yeah. it is and we put yeah. out six really good records too which i feel you know is a big accomplishment yeah i'm proud of those records um and and I'm proud that we're still hanging out and doing stuff together. Yeah, me too. I mean, yeah. you know, I, I kind of, as my time with the Pamela Parker thing started to run its course, I was like, man, I just need to get back to work writing with Kevin. Oh, Because, <laughs> you know, it's... Well, uh, I always loved writing with you too. And yeah. Yeah. So I'm glad we're able to keep it going. Yeah, man. And I'm glad that some of these people were able to get out on the road with us. So we yeah. went and we played five states in the Midwest. Oh, that's great. And Liam was with us and Spence Murray on bass. Uh, and then we had Mike Kamichak play guitar with us, who's a buddy of mine from way back who lives in Indiana. Mm-hmm. So Great he met guitarist. us in the Midwest and then hopped in the band. And we actually the played the, the 4th of July uh, like fireworks show- festival in downtown Kenosha like a year after the Rittenhouse shooting. Oh, wow. I wasn't it, even thinking about that. But, but it yeah, was exactly it was, a year well, after. Yeah, yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. It was, uh, you know, it was fine. It was, aside from the insane thunderstorm, like, you know, one of those thunderstorms that rolls in, everybody starts getting the word on their phone. The Amber mm-hmm. Alert on the phone is coming. Right. And in the Midwest, nobody really reacts to weather like they do out here. Like the storm <laughs> we we just got, that was like, that was like an average July thunderstorm in the right. Midwest. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, they even continued with the fireworks display despite like the whole sky lighting up with lightning. And yeah. Shit. yeah. <laughs> I'd really never crazy. seen that before. I'd never seen a thunderstorm during a fireworks show. No, it was um, nuts. It, it was fucking rad. I would love to experience that again. Yeah, uh, it was very yeah, hopefully cool. Hopefully we can be out there. It was a little scary, though. It was sort of like, who's running this fireworks display? Yeah, well, I was like, you know, <laughs> looking for the tallest metal structure. I was like, if there is a lightning strike, where's it going to hit? You know, because that's always the get out of the pool thing. Is, <laughs> right. You know, you want to make sure there's an antenna somewhere. Um, right, so, you, you know, the there tallest. were rides that people weren't on. So I was figuring that would attract the lightning. Uh, but you know, no one died, so you know. <laughs> right, right. That's always that's always a good show. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah, 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 yeah. No, uh, but we had a good first tour. We decided to hit the Midwest because I'm from Chicago, Kevin's from Cincinnati. So okay, yeah. We yep. we decided, uh, you know, it's a new band, and even in the Bay Area, you know, there's a certain extent to which you got to start from scratch every single time, even when you're, okay, even you, when you've been you, doing even it. Even when you're that, established, if you're starting a new project, there's always that whole process of getting the ball rolling once again so exactly absolutely so we thought well you know we know neither of us have played in the midwest in a number of years and we can probably mobilize some people to come out to these shows and it seemed a little more promising than going to la Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. You know, LA is tough. Yeah. Until yeah, you've LA got some until you've got some publicity behind you. <laughs> right. Well, uh, you had mentioned earlier a song called Turpentine. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want to go ahead and give this song an introduction before we play it for everybody? Yeah. yeah. I, I would say this is the most griddle-like of any of the songs on the record. And that's one of the reasons we start the record with it, because it's almost like a stepping stone from our last record into this new venture. And the fact that Christopher Fortier's fingerprints are so thoroughly all over it mm-hmm. um, made that the way as well. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. We also have our uh, our good friend rich armstrong did the horn arranging and played the trumpet uh, yeah. and trombone parts on the record and he um he passed away in early october mm-hmm. um after and he was my like go-to guy for horn arrangements and stuff anytime i get a client i'm like how can i involve rich mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, um and so it's it's kind of like this song he opens the record and closes the record with like like in rich style you know yeah. and like and again just like with all the other people but especially rich we didn't tell him what to do right yeah you rich know? armstrong's all over this whole record <laughs> yeah but yeah this first song is he wrote song. he really he really came up with a great horn he really yeah he did he did and that was the last time i saw him was the, at our show the release show i know record. that's the last time i saw him too yeah damn well we're gonna hear it here on echoplex media this is turpentine to listen to local love Stay tuned. We'll be right back with Seal Party. I could be persuaded. I could be trusted. Never been liable. Never been I could be confident and all blameless I could resist whatever charges the claim is I could be fine in my turpentine I could just marinate in coffee and wine I've been thinking I'm taking too long
That song that you just heard was Turpentine by our in-studio guest, Seal Party. And you are tuned in to Local Love, brought to you by EcoplexMedia.com. How you guys doing? Doing well. Doing well. So that was Christopher Fortier singing the bridge on that. Okay. And he wrote that bridge melody and the words on that bridge. Uh, and he and I hosted a rock trivia game show. Mm-hmm. We were the two hosts of a rock trivia game show. Called Low Fidelity. Called Low Fidelity. Yeah. That was a sort of like play along at home while there are studio guests, while everyone was in their remote bunkers. And, and the plan awesome. to do that happened before the pandemic, actually. Right? Right. Roger and then the pandemic, the the, yeah, the pandemic hit and it was kind of like perfect because people needed cool shit to watch. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. It's only so much Netflix can provide when you're home all day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Wow, that's pretty rad. So, like, what kind of genres would you cover? Is it a little bit of everything? everything. Yeah, we had some genre-specific shows. Mm-hmm. Um, there, I mean, we did like a punk rock show and a all hip hop episode. We did an all Prince show once oh, wow. because um, of the guests. You know, the contestants. Yeah, were... based on the contestants, yeah. partly. Yeah. Um, but uh, it was kind of all over the map in terms of genre, and, and so they, were, they would like get like tune. you know local musicians, luminaries, you know, kind of head to head kind of style competing one head to head against each other. That's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, we'd yeah. have musical guests, and and people would play along at home as the show was taping live. And um, and I gotta cool. say that like you know it was great to see Christopher and Kevin kind of co-hosting because Griddle itself was kind of like a band co-hosted by them. You know, it was a dual lead vocal thing like you know they were often singing you know it was hard to tell who you were supposed to focus on i was told sometimes yeah (laughs) yeah yeah um Mm -hmm. but uh anyway so yeah and they just have a good banter back and forth that uh that made griddle really a fun show i thought you know like what would uh what would you guys do usually when when doing a live show that you maybe felt made you really stand out or what was maybe a signature thing of yours uh, well, we would we would bring random people on stage with us mm-hmm. too. We had a running thing with a gorilla character that would, and Ralph Carney. Well, and Ralph Carney, not, <laughs> not being a random person, but, uh, but yeah, Ralph Carney would come up on stage and and bring any number of. He was at, like one of our very first shows ever, and just became a like a like a, a fifth griddler. Mm-hmm. That's pretty mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. I don't know if you know who he is, but he was a like one of the most creative woodwind player you know on the rock jazz scene it was really yeah really interesting guy man of a thousand horns yeah <laughs> he played the pocket trumpet and the woogie stick uh and of course all manner of saxophone and, and, and we actually uh at his memorial we played one of his recent compositions uh right. manafort gates and papadopoulos manafort gates and papadopoulos yep yep <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah yep. man say that when you're drunk check it out it's out there i think you know i'm glad you had the three names on the tip of your tongue so i was like yeah man of our gates and papadopoulos yeah i've I've been living and breathing this shit unfortunately from my sanity yep this shit is some dark times can i I you're paying attention yeah yeah can i say how much i like the red bulb tone of this oh i i always have red bulbs in my own bedroom um and and at one point my well my now ex-wife was was worried that we had these red bulbs in our bedroom, and during the day I would have like the curtains open, and she was like, "I hope no one thinks this is a house of ill repute or something like that." <laughs> um, 
which it was not. <laughs> but I really find, I find the red bulbs very relaxing <laughs> and comforting and. Yeah, it's like we're in a developing room developing film. Right, right. Plus, right. I mean, like, like most uh, for the Tuesday night show, especially, we have musicians coming through. We all play bars, you know. I think this is a little bit more makes us feel a little bit more at home. Right, Absolutely. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah. Know. Well, yeah. That, that's what we do at the studio too. The this the spot where I get to work is mm -hmm. one of the only studios that's a premium, like world class studio that doesn't feel like you're at an office. Mm -hmm. or you know it's you don't walk in and feel like okay i can't touch anything here right it's like you're in your you're in the living room right. setting kind the of clubhouse yeah the clubhouse which mm -hmm. is why we call it wally's hideout mm -hmm. that's great yep um so for the uh for the album i've actually got a hard copy of the album right here uh well actually first of all let's tell let's tell everybody where they could find your band uh, maybe the best place to to get your music and everything like that i would recommend going to sealparty.com mm -hmm which can lead you to your favorite social media platform if you'd like, or you can just buy the album right there mm. or, uh, or download it or stream it. Yeah. You can go to Bandcamp too. Yeah. That works. You can go to Bandcamp. We're on all, all the streaming platforms. Mm. Um, seal party has lots of nice bells and whistles yeah, and the, merchandise. Um, yeah. The merch page Ooh. actually has a, and a lot of fine options from our, friends at printful mm -hmm. <laughs> embroidered hats and, yeah. and hoodies and, and yeah there's like uh yeah. we took a, a design that that we we generated on an ai bot uh and it's now an embroidered like six inch circle in the middle of a hoodie you right. know it's kind of cool and anywhere you go the eyes of the seal seem to be following you yeah I especially think. if it's embroidered oh right shoot you know in the car i have the hat i have the hat i was going to give you the embroidered hat Oh, I got a sample of it. Oh, wow. I'm, oh, okay. uh, but yeah, yeah. Should, I, we should have it on camera. I don't know yeah. what well, I was thinking. For anybody but, at home. Yeah. You can check those out. But yeah, there. you could see the thing on the website. Mm -hmm. And well, the albums there as long as well as the new songs that are going to be coming out in the coming months. Yeah. And actually, we're going to be doing a thing on the website. You don't know this yet, but this is going to be a thing where uh, our singles are going to get pre-released on the website. So you want to kind of join our Facebook page. We actually have a Facebook group, mm -hmm. too, that I think is even better. Cause we'll definitely get, you'll definitely get the message, but we're going to, if you watch the website and we're going to be putting up, you know, content on the regular from our live shows, we'll put up little videos and stuff. And, uh, the singles, when it comes out for the next record, are going to get pre-released on the, uh, website. That's pretty cool. So you could download or stream the single even before it's released. So as, as a band, do you guys have a social media of preference or anything like that? Or do you try to use them all equally or is there some that you avoid we try to use them all but i tend to prefer instagram yeah I, I, something about just, instagram kind of appeals to me a little I, more i've been just kind of handling the facebook one because kevin's doing the instagram one right on and, well that's uh, cool to be able to kind of delegate man it really you. helps not being like a leader by yourself <laughs> on some shit like yeah. this because there's so much to do yeah, the whole you know? tag team pass the baton relay race thing works really well with the two of us. That's pretty cool. And Chris McGrew's fairly tireless, which <laughs> which I appreciate. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm a night owl myself, uh, and I, I like that he's often you know burning the midnight candle. You know, he's got he, sessions running late, so he's he's up when I'm. You up. don't need to be motivated when, or to be you know when you like what you're doing. Yeah, you yeah. Know, when you believe in what you're doing and you feel like okay, there's a purpose behind this, and mm -hmm. um, you know, it becomes important to you just because of its own thing and yeah. then you're yeah. i picked this because i was like what would i be willing to work a 14 hour a day on the regular doing even right, right after college you mm -hmm. know and then i decided well music was about the only thing i could imagine doing that without being angry at the end of the day about mm -hmm. it i, so, I right. definitely get that yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
wholeheartedly. Um, all right. Well, I got a few other songs here. What song would you choose that we play next for the audience? What do you think would be a good transition to the next one? You know what I think would be nice is one that has a really cool YouTube clip. Mm-hmm. We like YouTube a lot. We're, we're children of the MTV era, so we like making videos. And this one was animated by our friends, uh, excuse me, Liam Hanley Cardozo and Daniel Hanley Cardozo. Uh, and it's called Never the Problem. Okay. But I, yeah, the, the 3D animation that they did for this song, I, I think. It is pretty cool. Yeah, I like it a lot. Well, that's cool. When you're done listening to this podcast or watching this broadcast, you can go over to the Seal Party YouTube page and check it out for yourself. But in the meantime, here's the song, Local Love, Echoplex Media. We'll be right back. Never the Problem by Seal Party, our in-studio guest. We've got Kevin. We've got Chris, the the collective mind of the Seal Party. <laughs> now, how did that name come about? That was Chris McGrew's idea, Chip. And I, I was all over it as soon as he mentioned it. Well, you know, I was just thinking that 
one of the purposes of putting this thing together is that I always felt like because we're doing this rock milieu, the guitars often covered up Kevin's voice, mm-hmm. you know? And I was like, we need to do a band that features Kevin's voice. We need to set up the voicings of the chords so that the there's space for a baritone. And um and uh and also I was thinking, you know, we're also what are we trying to do? We're trying to bring people together who might not otherwise have come together to have a good time. And um it seems like, you know, the party it, it sort of brings to mind that we have to come together in a place. Mm-hmm. It's not enough to just be together in this virtuosphere and call it togetherness or you know, connection really. It's, it's a, I mean, it's a great tool to enable us to get together, but without physical space and being together in the same place, it's just not the same. And so I kind of wanted to make reference to like, you know, you want to be at the party and it's kind it's kind of like, uh, I've got, because, because it's Kevin and I know him really well. I know that, you know, I can get behind this and drive the bus and, you know, We'll call it Seal Party because it's really about his voice, you know. Uh, and, you know, you know. It's like, a, well, I appreciate having the room to be able to sing down low because I, you know, I've sung in a bunch of rock bands over the years, and they mm-hmm. always want really high singers. And uh, you can count on two hands probably the number of low-voiced rock singers. It just didn't, didn't happen that much. There's Brian Ferry. There's David Bowie. There's Mark Sandman. Yeah. From Morphine. Uh. And but but you know those bands you know they all had to take pains to make room down there and so one of our tactics is we just have Kevin voice the chords and we write stuff on the piano typically mm. and the guitar makes you kind of gravitate to certain voicings just physically from you know what's physically easy to play so the songs kind of all sound similar in a way and we we wanted to kind of vary things at the same time that we're making space so Kevin will just write chords and he'll voice them without maybe the low the left hand just kind of not playing as much okay mm-hmm. um and that leaves space in there and maybe he'll voice the thing so that it's i don't know inverted or something so that the low notes are up top above what would be the middle notes sometimes and some other tactic like that you know yeah whatever works um, yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i rely on kevin for the the specifics of these details most of the time well thankfully but. he's got the ear for microphones mm-hmm. and things like that cuz that's also trickier you have these nice microphones here in the studio that usually when you're performing live with a rock band, you don't have mics this nice that can pick up the lower end of your voice. Yeah. Thankfully, Chris McGrew knows all about that kind of stuff. So <laughs> that's been easier live too than it's been. Yeah, we, we got this with. really nice the AEA just came out with it. They remade one of their early 1950s ribbon mics that is end address like that SM7 that you're talking into, Kevin. Mm-hmm. But it's a ribbon mic. And it's hypercardioid, which means the pickup pattern is very small and doesn't go really wide. And it's very, gives you an ability to just get it, you know, because you don't want to get a bunch of drums yeah. in the vocal mic. But it's a very sensitive mic. It's also phantom powered, which is weird for a ribbon mic. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just, the ribbon mics, they kind of naturally roll off a lot of the bright high end stuff. And this mic just sounds really good in the lower, re- you know. Frequencies that don't get picked up very well by it as M58, like you're mm-hmm. typically typically going to be singing into. Right. And so, yeah, that enables Kevin not to have to push so hard. And it's yeah. a good sort of, you know, looking out into the future because the older we get, the lower our voices are going to get. 
and the more the high end's gonna roll off too. Yeah, right. So we I like the well idea write. of writing songs I'll be able to sing when <laughs> I'm keep seventy. It, let's keep it in my range, man. Yeah, exactly. Oh, gosh, exactly. Right. No, that's that. true. But mm-hmm. when we went to see Roxy Music with Gary, I went to see him, and uh, yeah, and uh, it, there were a couple of songs that they had to lower the keys so much because Brian Ferry's getting up there. Mm. I mean, sure, I love the man, and he's a superstar for even touring at this time, but. A couple of those songs were really altered because they changed the keys. <laughs> they had to drop it like a lot. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> the inevitable march of nature. Yeah. So yeah, we're yeah. we're thinking ahead there, but also <laughs> we're just we're we're out there just trying to have a good time too. And yeah. it's it's good that you know we're we're trying to we're looking at it like we're hosting a party every time, and nice. we've got like, and it's also a little bit of a double entendre like political party because we're bringing together people of like mind who realize that we part of our power is in just our our collective attention mm-hmm. even if it's like on a small scale to fill a room with joy you know that does something that's 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 yeah spark you know and when we're out on the road we can have different guests in every city yeah so we're, we're heading back out to illinois indiana ohio pennsylvania michigan kentucky missouri mm-hmm. in a couple months may three, 18th months. we fly may to chicago in, may in june uh and we're gonna have different people with us almost every night that's cool and so the, yeah the ways that these are put together it's kind of modular so depending on who's there we can have well, them jump up we've already and, got plane tickets for spence and liam and kevin and i mm-hmm. and then once we get out there we'll we'll fill out the band with horn players and um some singers and maybe hopefully a couple of Organ players, maybe. Hopefully, a marimba player. For sure. Oh, There's we... a particular marimba player in Wisconsin. Okay. That I'm really, really hoping is going to play marimba on a show. There we go. Well, we'll as far see. as uh, playing shows like in the Bay Area, do you guys have any any venues around here that you prefer to play, or any any favorites? We do. Any we... items that you got to knock off your bucket list, maybe? Yeah, yeah. We got to play the rickshaw stop and the Ivy Room and Bottom of the Hill. Nice. And the Sweetwater. And the Sweetwater up in Mill Valley. They, yeah, that was a bucket list one that I'd never played before. They treat you so well. They, yeah, they do. They're, and great... yeah, we're coming back to Bottom of the Hill right before we head out on tour. So that's Saturday, May 13th. It's a great venue. I, with, love, that place. I love Bottom of the Hill so much. Yeah. Oh, and every, everybody there is just so freaking awesome to work with. And yeah, yeah. I, some of my favorite shows I've ever seen are in that room as an audience member. So it's, it's a thrill to be able to play there. Uh, but yeah, we'll be there at an all ages show Saturday, May 13th with Comforting Chaos, which is Liam's band. Yeah. Uh, Liam Craddock and Liam Barry. Yeah. Uh, the Liam's. Band, the Liam's Comforting Chaos and uh, Fourth Position, with which, is a, which is a band Joe Carter that I, on. I just recorded at the studio. Sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. With featuring Joe Carter on vocals. Mm-hmm. Really mm-hmm. great singer. Yeah. So yeah. So we'll play Bottom of the Hill and then we'll hop a plane and we'll go schlep around the Midwest. For three weeks playing anywhere and everywhere sounds fun yeah yeah I can't we wait. had a great time last year except mm-hmm. that it needed to be a little longer so this time we scheduled a few more days that's <laughs> always the case yeah you know yeah, i mean always. after three weeks so i'm ready to come home usually yeah. i'm not no uh, not I, I, <laughs> I mean you know I, I miss my kid and stuff but i'm trying yeah. to figure out a way that he can like come out on the road with us and sell merch well he's not too far from I mean, that he's type. not that far from technically that. that's like life experience you know you teach yeah. him some some spreadsheets. Yeah, and, right. You know, exactly. He does some of his school online. It's while a lot on better than making him perform on vaudeville. You know. Yeah. yeah right. Right. You right. Know, like, hey, yep. kid. 
you got to go work the sidewalk. Right. Get some, get some patrons in here. Yeah. Are you can you use the tour budget to learn algebra. Oh, yeah. Exactly. I'm, I'm all for it. All right. So if this venue holds this many people right. and we're selling this much of tickets, how much is this going to be? I remember yep. when what I was. What is X? What is X? It's all for X. <laughs> when, I, when I was young, my, uh, my mom got remarried to this lawyer guy. And his uh, his big idea like that was to say, I'm going to give you some work as a paralegal. You know, so he was like, he had me doing research for like big cases and stuff. And it was like, I did feel pretty important. You know, it is kind of cool. So maybe it's a good thing to do. Maybe we we say, you know, hey, you're going to be our, you're going to be our tour manager, but you've got some responsibilities. School of rock moment. (laughs) Rock moment. Yeah. 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 Kids love helping. He'd actually, he'd actually be a good tour manager. He'd be a great tour manager. He's way tougher than I am in terms of negotiation. He's tough. He's stubborn. He's so stubborn. And he's also just one of those you know types of people that can give you the stoic silent look and you kind of feel it you know (laughs) that's right well uh let's see so i got a couple songs left here uh which one would you have me play next i would lean toward jimmy just clams up jimmy just clams up and this is one that came together entirely in the studio this song did not exist was invented out of whole cloth in the studio it was, it was just supposed to be pre-production day you know where you're in there writing and stuff but we've come to realize sometimes it's good just to set up as if you're going to record just in case you yeah, nail yeah. it I so, yeah so there was a tiny bit of extra time he turned on a click track i improvised a chord sequence and then weeks later after taking it home and listening to it we fleshed it out with melody and yeah, other actually i think we kind of just wrote it in the studio we kind of finished the lyric you started a lyric and then we kind of finished it up in the studio and you know yeah it came together fast it came together fast and it didn't exist at all before we arrived that day so this is really the one track that was like that on this album that's awesome well you're gonna hear it first here on local love stay tuned
That was Jimmy Just Clams Up by Seal Party. And if you just are tuning in, they figured that one out on the fly. I like that. It was really bluesy. I kind of like that blues rock sort of vibe to it. Thanks. Thanks. That's Sonny Climbs on guitar. Yeah. And that's Liam on bass. On uh, Liam Craddock. Let me think about that. And the great, the late, great Rich Armstrong on trumpet. Daniel Casares on saxophone. I think it's Liam on bass on that. Yeah, it is. You know, the thing that was great about Liam's bass playing, I mean, we have all these wonderful bass players we can call in, but a lot of them, a lot of times, even though Kevin's not playing a lot of chords with the left hand, sometimes he's, he set up a bass line while we were, especially on this things that were tracked, just drums and bass. Mm. And, uh, you know, sometimes what was required to really hold the song together was someone following that left hand mm -hmm. and you can't necessarily call Uriah Duffy in and tell him to follow Kevin's left hand. You know, you, you, you could, but right. it's kind of a waste. It's kind of a waste. Yeah. Uh, so we did call Uriah in on a couple songs, mm -hmm. but we let him do his thing. And, you know, yeah. and on the songs where we felt like, man, this just needs like the bass line has to be really elemental. Liam was like stepping right to it. Mm -hmm. And, so when uh, when you guys are in the studio and stuff like that, do you do you all play together at once, or are you multi-tracking uh, uh, separate? We're usually multi-tracking on this record. I mean, um, I on think this it, record. it might go differently when there's not a pandemic. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But well, this then, this one we kind of had to do it that way. And working with other musicians and stuff like that, are they sending you over their are they sending you over their audio and then you edit it? That happened on a couple. Sometimes it's that. Yeah. But most 90% of it was people coming into the studio. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The song Juvie, people people were sending in their stuff. Larry Boothroyd and John Axtell sent us their stuff. And I guess uh, the two songs Uriah played bass on, he did at home. Right. Cool. Right. And Ben Mysterka's guitar. Mm -hmm. right. Yeah, right those guys have such great home studios. Oh, right. Keep yep. it in the mic. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So, so a lot of the times it would be two or three of us laying down the basic and then inviting other people into the studio, having them add their layers onto it. Yeah. Ending up with the harmony vocalists and horn players near the end. Okay. Yeah. Most of the reason that I didn't want a lot of like phoned in parts is just because a lot of that was happening and I was having to do a lot of that. Mm -hmm. And I kind of just wanted the excitement and the vibe of them. And also I wanted the sound of the room that we're working in to sort of come to play. I get that. So, um, you know, with, with all the acoustic instruments, I did all, we we did have all those come in. Correct. But sometimes, you know, if it's a bass or a guitar part, you know, it, especially if it, you know they're going to record it well at their home studio, it's like, well, let's make it easy on them. And you can kind of get a better performance than, because they've got, they're off the clock. Yeah. They mm -hmm. can really, if they get inspired, they can really dig in and mess around and come up with something way cooler than they'll do if they're like, trying to finish and yeah. they can sit on it for a while yeah they can chew on it and yeah let it yeah let so it there are times where it's better to do that and i think one of the tricks about producing is you just kind of have to navigate this ever-changing landscape where there are no real axioms <laughs> you've kind of got to there are no rules you have to follow all the time you have to be willing to say okay well this time you know i think i could trust uriah and i'll get something better if i just let him do it mm -hmm. but you know um it, it a lot of times it's not telling someone what to do like you might think yeah it's right. figuring out how to get them to do it on their own and you know have and in a way that makes them happy yeah, yeah. and encouraging them to sound like themselves 
Yeah, sometimes yeah. letting somebody do it at home is good. But I mean, for the most part, people want to come to our studio. And, uh, you know, it's kind of crazy how it's like a space. It's been recorded in for 50 years. So historic you, room, Sly the Family be, Stone, Jefferson Airplane. You could Grateful feel Dead, it in there. So it te- mm-hmm. definitely affects how you play if you get out of the way. I'd just, say so. I mm-hmm. think, uh, I think getting, getting, Getting to be somewhere where you know something cool has happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, like for me personally, I've played at certain venues where I'm just like, all right, like some of the people that I look up to have played here. And it makes it kind of hits you in a certain way. And I'd imagine that'd be a lot of the same type of feeling when you're in a, you know, a certain recording studio or recording space where you know quality shits came from, you know? Yeah. So, yeah it's a yeah. sacred space vibe, you know? It's Definitely. like just like when you go into a church, well, you can kind of have feel it, even if you're not into <laughs> God, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, I get that. And I like that places have kept some of the remnants mm-hmm. of that. I don't know if you've been to the stage at the Monterey Fairgrounds where the Monterey oh, yeah. Jazz Festival yeah. was. Oh, yeah, the burn yeah. spot. I'm talking about the, the burn. burn spot's on the stage. They didn't clean up the burn spot <laughs> where Jimi Hendrix burned his guitar on stage at Monterey Pop. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah there is actually yeah. A, bur- a charred section of the hardwood stage. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's pretty, pretty cool. iconic, really. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. I appreciate that they knew what they had and they didn't want to mess with it. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that was a crazy... I've seen the film a hundred times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like... Yeah, that whole that whole thing is pretty iconic. Mm-hmm. Well, I got this. Uh, I got another song by you guys called Juvie. Oh, great! Uh, now I know you guys also have a, a music video for this one as well. Uh, can we get a, a little introduction for this song? Yeah, totally. So this song is about marijuana uh, oh. and about cheers, uh, yeah, cheers, cheers <laughs> to that, um, and uh, about the desire for uh, people who had gotten into trouble, you know distributing or growing or consuming or whatever marijuana in years past hoping that their records get completely expunged also hoping that the communities of color that were often targeted when crackdowns were made on marijuana in years past get to have an ownership stake in the building of the green economy that's growing out of this but um yeah i mean we didn't really we didn't really talk directly about all that stuff we didn't really but, talk directly but about I, that, I love but. it that we're trying to be a little bit opaque about things and when we're addressing these political issues because we're trusting the listener to connect the dots really yeah but but it's you know it's a story about a kid getting busted for a couple of stems in his pocket and getting in trouble when he's in high school but it kind of also we chose that just because it sort of points to the silliness of like busting people for a plant i don't know and right. i feel like everybody i grew up with has something somewhat relatable to that right um yeah we all <laughs> got hassled included. for having weed yeah. when we were in high school right oh, right yeah. if you didn't you weren't trying very hard yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right well i'm gonna go ahead and play this song juvie and i'm gonna go ahead and smoke a bowl beautiful and beautiful. uh you should too but stay tuned you're on local love <laughs>
song you just heard was juvie by seal party totally different vibe than the other songs that we heard totally different vibe I different like players on it oh yeah so that's john axtell on Who guitar and on guitar played, since he's played, he's played, a lot played of our live shows. with us a yeah. bunch too uh and that's larry boothroyd from victims family and jello biafra and the guantanamo school of medicine and specimen box on bass the guantanamo school of medicine which which is Jello Biafra's it, new band. Yeah, yeah. Larry Boothroyd's amazing, by yeah, the way. And when, I, yeah. when I first moved here in 89 and throughout the 90s, those two guys were in two of my favorite bands, local bands, and uh, Victim's Family and uh, Psychofunkopus was Johnny's band. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, I, they were like, you know, I was 20 years old at that point, 21, whatever. They were my, my kind, of, kind of my heroes. But then over time, I became friends with them and, played a lot of shows with them with on the same bill and and i believe and, correct me if i'm wrong but i believe they had never played together before working on this song no and they were they knew of each other because they were both like north bay guys yeah santa rosa petaluma yeah but and they they had not ever played together until being on this song yeah and, so this is a perfect example of the seal party mission you know we're bringing together people who should be hanging who just haven't had occasion to uh get together right and uh there's a lot of common ground between their musical lexicons uh, you know that they use so it was cool to you know put them together on a track and larry boothroyd just put out an album that came out last week called remote communion that's a double lp on secret serpents that's entirely made by him sending around tracks and people sending in stuff from all over the world yeah, various home and studios. Kevin and I both contributed. Yeah, we're both on that record, and Chris Fortier and um, Jelby Opera, and and yeah, actually, myriad I'm, others. I'm on, Nolan uh, Cook. The, the, the track that I'm that I'm on is with Nolan Cook, Jello Biafra, and uh, Larry, and who else? No, I guess that's it. Mm. Yeah, the 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 reunion, the yeah. class reunion song. Right. <laughs> but yeah, Specimen Box is yeah. that, and and it can, it's a beautiful cover. It comes with 3D glasses. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah, I like. I like. I. I don't know the the uh, the work that goes into album art. I've always. I've always been appreciative of that. So, uh, me too. Yeah, me too. That's, and we were lucky that Tony Calzaretta man, went to town. He, Tony well, Calzaretta, who's in New New Mexico. He does that cover that you've got over there on the CD. So that, I've got the CD right here. You can see a much better version of it on their Facebook or Instagram. But yeah. uh but so yeah, you got you commissioned somebody or was it yeah. a friend of your the band or Yeah, Tony Calzaretta who had done album covers that I really liked mm-hmm. for people like like Love and Nacked and Il Mondo and Michael Zapruder. 
he had done a bunch of covers that I was way into. And so thankfully he was up for working on this one and I love what he did. Yeah. I, I love, I love it did. that we got somebody who sees album art as its own form and really kind of specializes in it. Yeah. yeah. Rather than, Hey, let's get a graphic designer, a photo and modify it to a 12 by 12, <laughs> you know? Yeah frame mm-hmm. well, do you give them do you give them kind of the idea are you saying hey this is what the album is about do you let them listen to the album <laughs> let them listen to the album does, okay yep let them listen to the album and gave them i think basically the text that we knew was gonna appear on the cd mm-hmm. and and he had it for several months i think before we talked even before we talked yeah we we, we let him kind of like stew with it but it's sort of like having the musicians we had in the album where we're like you do a tony calzaretta thing um, it's open terrain and you have lots of time just, you know, bring to it what, what you feel with it. And so after listening to it a bunch and going out into the desert outside, wherever he is in remote New Mexico, he emerged from the desert, uh, bleary eyed and sweaty with, with, uh, <laughs> yeah. with this idea. I mean, we did have a little conversation, but it was, you know, mostly, you know, we, we were trying not to be too we were trying not to steer too much mm-hmm. you know <laughs> and um it, it's always interesting the other nuances that someone will bring to it if you leave it open a little bit and you know i think it's just when you're young you're like okay i've got to get my vision out there i've got to get it clarified i've got to get people to understand me and at this point i'm trying to create understanding mm-hmm. it's a different intent you know i'm trying to and that that creates a different method, I think. You know, it yeah, brings I about definitely. Because I've I've you know I've talked to a whole lot of bands through doing this show and just through growing up in the music scene, and uh, I would say there's definitely it's usually one of those two schools of thought. It's either like everything's got to be stru- structured and on point, like you know they're they're a human <laughs> Excel spreadsheet, versus yeah. like the ones that are just kind of like we've we've all got a general idea. This is a collaborative effort. Let's kind of see where this goes. Right. And and there's really no like right or wrong way to do it, but uh, it's always cool to see what works for for mm-hmm. people because yeah. And it can be different depending on the album yeah. and even the track, you yeah. know. Even you the may track- have a really really concrete idea of exactly how you want a certain track to be arranged or you have a loose set of chords that you're really curious what Keon Harold is going to sound like on it or Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm yeah. always going to be curious to see Me what too. he sounds like on it. Yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, I think it's, I think part of it is just being open to even a rigid plan, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. it's part of being, you know, you could just got to be open to letting the song kind of drive the, the thing. And that's also why it's good to have just two of us making final choices. And obviously we, we want the input of the core members. We want them to like the music and have fun. So do um, you, but, so yeah. being, being a duo, do you guys usually have a set time where you're like, all right, this is when we're going to get together and play our music or, or are you guys just shooting each other texts throughout the week? Just be like, you know what would be cool here? <laughs> it's closer to the latter. Yeah. These days, yeah. These, yeah. these days it's closer to the latter. Mm-hmm. There was a time where we got together three days a week and practiced in the griddle days. True. And, yeah. and I think that the, the reason we can work the way we do now is because we had that period of time where, you know, I, I think we developed some shorthand that yeah. makes it easier mm-hmm. to do things the way we do now. Yeah. I wish we had more time, but mm-hmm. it's a busy world. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of the things I love about touring yeah. is you hit the road and you have to focus on what's going on. Like oh, yeah. I like writing on the road 
yeah, I like just being in a van out there in some other state where I don't know that many people and I can just have my blinders on it and is be in full nice. seal party mode. Yeah. Just to be in the mode of like, okay, my only job today is to like get to the next place and play a show. Yeah. Right. It feels great. Oh, it's great. Know? Yeah. So uh, then, uh, do you guys have like other jobs? Like, what's the Bruce Wayne to your Batman? <laughs> you know, like yeah, I I work four jobs actually. Oh, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I, they, it adds up to forty hours a week. So it, it's not like I work two crazy hours, but um, I teach choir. Okay, that's what I'm doing early tomorrow morning. I teach choir uh, at a couple different schools actually. I'm the organist for the San Jose Sharks. Okay, I was gonna ask Fuck you yeah. about that. Man. Fuck yeah, go Sharks. Yeah. It's a rough season, but yeah. still, I, I'm, it's a rough right, season, you know, I'm, but... I'm a San Jose native. I love them. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> good. Good. Uh, well, if you want to come to a game, let me know. Um, oh, I'll <laughs> yeah. 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 So, uh, yeah, I do the San Jose Sharks organ stuff. I play a bunch of sort of gigging bands, mm -hmm. you know, um, tribute bands, wedding bands, corporate gigs, that kind of stuff. That's cool. Uh, and then I analyze music for Pandora, Sirius XM. That is awesome. So, yeah, between all of that, it's a busy week, but. It, it it works out well it's also cool that you you know because I've, I've met plenty of people who are like um you know i'm like an accountant during the day and i just rock out with my band like like everything that you do is all music adjacent and that's cool that you're able to kind of incorporate that to what thanks. you do thanks i used to work for the san jose mercury news actually back when i was in my 20s all right on. before i sort of like was able to eke out more music stuff i wrote all the theater listings so huh. i would come in and i shared a desk with dan gilmore he would work the night shift and i would work the day shift and i would write all of the little like one-liners for all of the theatrical productions all over the bay area wow yes yeah. wow so you're basically the voice of the the man in the pink chair the man in the chair well i wasn't writing reviews <laughs> so I, I i wasn't the whole like i'm semi out of my chair i'm standing up out of my chair you're more like mr movie phone i was more like newspaper. mr movie phone exactly oh, okay, okay, mr yeah. movie paper right, right. exactly Yep. That's yep. cool. Dude, that's awesome. Yeah. It well, was a fun gig. And, and, and then I, you work at a studio. Well, yeah, I, a I'm a partner well? in this studio. We, we um, four of us uh, lease out Studio C from the owner of Hyde Street Studios. All right. And it's a studio that has four commercial studios in it. And Michael Ward, the guy that's owned the Hyde Street Studios since 1980, um, doesn't want to run the calendar on all four rooms so he leases out the other three and just uses the downstairs studio um and and he's got a guy named jack kurtzman that is managing it so it's kind of a hands-off owner like you know he he kind of it leaves it to all of us people that lease studios there and it's kind of like this weird thriving community of people in the hallway he's running around just like it has always been um cool. you know having fun making music talking shop you know um and um so that's my main thing i'm one of the producers that brings clients in and makes records that's great um and that's what i i'm happy to say that's what i get to do that's i awesome. have about i think i have six albums in production right now for various bands and songwriters uh and a voice and a I'm wrapping up an audiobook um so you know i kind of just run that studio like I'm, you know, as a service and try to make it affordable for bands and, uh, get to work with some high profile artists sometimes and, uh, get to have access to a world-class studio to make my own stuff. So it's mm -hmm. kind of cool. That's and then I've, I've, I sort of split that up with, uh, uh, I'm the lead engineer at the black cat 
uh, jazz club, which is a block from the studio. And um, it's important in San Francisco. Mm, yeah, so I've, I've I've kind of everywhere uh, in the Bay Area now. <laughs> I've been working there for the last four years, um, and have, you know tried to build a reputation amongst all the musicians that they're going to get treated well by the sound team and and among the people that go to see the show that the, the sound's going to be really good. Um, so I, I've been really enjoying that. It's nice to get paid to listen to the best jazz. Oh, the Black so, Cat's such a fun club. Yeah, too. and they have such a great time. He curates. The owner goes yeah. to New York and finds the best bands and plucks the side men. Robert Glasper's band and says, "Hey, why don't you come out here and bring a come out here?" And he brings bands out for three days and mm-hmm. five days sometimes, mm-hmm. and they just get to do a little residency. And so anyway, I've been. Um, I've been doing that, and between those two things and playing in Seal Party, I'm pretty busy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so beats the alternative. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I, I I pick up gigs here and there for other people's bands and recording sessions, and uh, it's it's a little different. I used to be more oriented toward being in lots of bands and playing gigs as often as possible, and I miss some things about that. But I do spend more time practicing and working on my technique now than I did then then I used to just work on the songs I needed to learn for the yeah. next thing. Mm-hmm. And now I'm kind of more working toward, you know, gaining more control and fluidity on my instrument and, uh, you know, bringing the drumming stuff I'm bringing to the, that energy is just all for the, for our efforts. And yeah, so yeah, but I, I feel pretty good having music be, you know, my, my life. Well, yeah, yeah it's a hell of a thing. I mean, you guys have a really well-produced sound, I've seen your videos. Your videos look good. It, it's clear that you put in a lot of uh, effort and energy to what you do. So oh, you. I really appreciate you guys making your way down to the studio and everything like that. Um, thanks for having us. Yeah, yeah. We appreciate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Thanks for thanks for listening and putting in the time. Yeah, and then once again, if you could just let everybody know best ways to follow the band. Yeah, SealParty.com. Mm-hmm. SealParty.com. Yep. Wonderful. Everything you need to know and more will be there. Um. This has been yet another excellent episode of Local Love. Thanks again for making it your way down to the studio. Um, we've got one last song by Seal Party here. It's called You'll Be Fine. You want to go ahead and tell us about it real fast? This one's uh, the last song on the record. And uh, it's just like, a, you know, I guess maybe maybe you should introduce this I'd one. I'd be happy to. I'd be happy to. I. <laughs> So, I don't know what to say. <laughs> yeah, this one had been kicking around for a while when we first started putting the songs together for this record. And a, a lot of this record dealt with sort of self-care and trying to get through difficult times and trying to navigate unsteady terrain and that kind of thing. And and this song deals with that, that, you know, you'll be fine. You'll, you'll be yeah. okay. You're going to get through this. You'll be all right. It's It's um, uncomfortable to have you know, your whole perspective change the way that is happening to us all. You know, I mean, we're having a consciousness shift right here and we're sort of in the midst of it and it's uncomfortable and weird, but yeah, as things fall apart, new things emerge and that's kind of like, you know, good to keep in mind. And and this one ends with a solo by Rich Armstrong. So yeah, we were really lucky to have gotten to work with him as much as we did. He was a really beautiful, brilliant guy. Um, I'm sad we don't get to play more shows with him. I'm sad we don't either. But, but uh, he was yeah. also a great music teacher. He 
he he taught uh, he taught the music programs at the Waldorf School in San Francisco. And oh wow, would, I actually went compose- to the to the one in Los Altos. No way. Yeah. Was, oh wow, it was a weird experience, but it was a thing. Yeah, it was a thing. Yeah. 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 That's wild. Interesting. Well, I, I would love to hear yes, more. Much about love the- to Rich Armstrong. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. That's super cool. Yeah, well, he really tore it up on this one. He kind of ends the ends the song on a high note, mm-hmm. so to speak. Right on. <laughs> ends the album on a high note too. Well, hey, you're hearing it here on Local Love. This song's called You Will Be Fine. It's by our in-studio guest tonight, Seal Party. Stay tuned. If you're listening live, we've got more red light going on after this show. But if you're listening to the podcast, thanks again for listening. Please share it. You know, just text it to somebody. Don't even give them an explanation. Just send it. You know, your odds are pretty good of somebody listening. Uh, (laughs) We'll see you next Tuesday. And this is You'll Be Fine by Seal Party. Fiction. Everything you're told, a comfortable stranglehold is loosening. The money that you know is digits on a screen. The money that you have seen is worthless now in stacks of green. You can find water in the strangest places Traces of oxygen in the darkest of stars If you like what we're doing at Echoplex and aren't into Twitch, please join our Patreon at patreon.com slash Echoplex. For $5, you can get every show from beginning to end sent to you as an MP3, even the stuff we bleep out because it's too spicy for Twitch. Echoplex would not be where we are today if it wasn't for the community support we receive. Find out all the ways you can support the show at echoplexmedia.com slash support.